Hey, everybody. Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. We are here every Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I am Jonathan Gassman, a.k.a. J.G., and usually I'm joined by Deirdre Koppelman, our host, who's actually on holiday this week. She is doing a digital detox, so no email, <laughs> no voicemail, no nothing. And uh, I hope she gets rejuvenated and comes back completely refu- refueled, so she'll be here next week. And in her absence, we have executive producer Kenya Gibson. Say hi, KG. Uh, hi, everyone. How are you? Life is good. So... <laughs> What is gut wisdom? Well, gut wisdom is all about sharing life and business lessons and how to succeed in both. Our hope is that the pure, raw, and real discussions and experience that we share with you, our listeners, make you think and leave you with real solutions that come from real wisdoms, with a Z, of course. So gut wisdom is radio that resonates. So tonight's show, kind of interestingly, uh, it's been a tough week. Uh, You see what's going on with Comey and... uh, I had a client who took his own life, committed suicide, and I'm Mm. feeling somewhat regretful. So I decided to dedicate tonight's show to how to live a life with purpose and intention, but more importantly, living a life without regrets. And I think we all have regrets and, uh, you know, should have, could have, would have. And, uh, you know, we don't want to die that way without thinking about these things. So that's what tonight's all about. And we're going to have a special guest joining us after the break to talk about the topic. Kenya, do you have any regrets? Wow. I have a ton. We all have a ton. And that's what we're going to talk about. So I want everybody stay tuned tonight while we take a quick break for news, weather, and traffic. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm John Gassman, a.k.a. JG, and you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS. Tonight, I'm joined in studio with our executive producer. Hi there. Kenya. It feels so good to be here. Isn't this amazing? It's great. We miss D, though. Yeah. Hi, D. Hi, D. We send you love and kisses and a lot of good juju. Yeah, she's in California. She's Shh, having a really good time. Not supposed to tell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> she's on digital detox, <laughs> so I don't even know that she's going to catch this show. But I will, I will say that I really appreciate that everybody, so many people have been uh, warm and welcoming with our show, and we get a lot of feedback every Mm -hmm. week via email. And again, please continue, tweet, go to Facebook, like our stuff that we post. And if you have a remark or a comment, leave it. Um, We do reach out to all the people that leave messages. So as I mentioned in the introduction, tonight we're going to talk about living life on purpose with no regrets. And uh, before I bring on our special guest, um, Kenya, Hmm. do you have any regrets? I do. Um, You know, I think I make a quick decision sometimes, and Mm. I think oftentimes that may create some regretful situations. Yeah. And, you know, I'm here to learn tonight how to avoid those situations. I I think some of the decisions that I have made, though, even though I feel a little, I'm sorry, regretful, is just because I care about people and how they feel. And I think sometimes remorse or regret comes from a place of being concerned about how it affects somebody else in the process of things. So, yeah, I shared, you know, I was watching the news this week and you see everything going on with former former, I say, FBI director 
Comey, James Comey, and uh, I think the headlines were something like he has no regrets about his fateful 2016 decision about disclosing everything on those emails. Mm. And wow, no regrets. And uh, unfortunately, I lost the client this week who uh, committed suicide. I'm sorry to hear that. And I was sitting, saying to myself, geez, JG, you should have done this. Mm. You should have done that. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you push him? Why didn't you? And I started really beating myself up. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are so many other people that do that. So, you know, it really, really bothered me. And after thinking about last week's show and the week before, we had uh, a special guest on who spoke about change and transition. I thought this would be a great topic for Dr. Andrea. And Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks, for those of you that have never heard of her, she's a licensed psychologist. She has practice in New York and Arizona. She's the founder and CEO of Lucid Learning Systems, and I like to refer to her as the um, senior psychological advisor for us. Um, she's really amazing. So, Dr. Andrea, you there? Thank you for having <laughs> me on your show, JT. It's Deirdre and my show. you got to really thank her. So yeah. She always yeah. gets up when I say something like, it's my show, and she's like, it's our show, JG. So well, absolutely um, on your collective show, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm sorry she's not here today, but yeah, I she's here in spirit. Though we 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 hung a picture of of her up in the studio, and she's here with us. Actually, I have I her on my phone. Her. I always carry her in my heart. I for sure I uh, do. So regrets. You know, this is a big issue. People, uh, you know, in our work, we, we're constantly talking with people. And, you know, you hear people say like, oh, I regret that. You know, I didn't do this with my kids. Or I hear kids a lot of times say to me, or millennials, Gen Z, I hear a lot of them say, boy, I wish I didn't father, uh, follow in my father's footsteps and go into the family business. That's a very common one we hear. Or something like, you know, I've been married to this person for 20 years and I knew I shouldn't have married them. You know, this was like, what was I thinking? But I don't know how to get out. And now I feel regret and remorse. So in your world, how would you define what regret is? You know, I think the largest, it's made up of many, many, many parts. It's a multifaceted um, gem of an emotion, but it is largely disappointment and disappointment with ourselves and very often it's this voice inside that chastises us about something we did or something that we haven't yet done or a way that we betrayed ourselves or we betrayed others. Hmm. Yeah, and and do you find that most people, uh, when it comes to regret, is it does it happen at a certain time in life or when does it usually pop up? When do people well, feel I, that it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that as we grow older or when we reach these milestones, not so much 30, but, you know, depending on the person, you know, maybe 50, maybe definitely 60, those years, those decades, you know, the beginning or at the outset, it's like, okay, I feel my mortality. Mm. And when we feel our mortality, whether we feel it because someone close to us has died or someone we're aware of, their life has been cut short, when we're reminded of mortality and ultimately our own mortality, then we're likeliest to start thinking about 
the things that we haven't done, the things that we've done and we're sorry about or sad about. So I'd say definitely during milestones, right? Or remember during 9-11, man, there was a flurry of people who you were talking about marriages who were leaving their marriages because this was a turning point in life. Mm -hmm. Many of them went back to their marriages because it was a turning point. So obviously the decisions we make uh, have, you know, are very Mm -hmm. personal, but still events from the outside or confronting our own mortality, the possibility that life could be cut short, definitely a time to reflect. Yeah, I I can relate to that. You know, there's a saying that says sometimes you go back to your last known good. And, Mm. uh, Mm. you know, and I just was, I was, Wondering, is there a difference between feeling repentant versus feeling regretful, or are they the same in the same thing? Well, the repentiveness comes with a feeling of guilt. And when we're regretful, we're not necessarily uh, involving guilt. When we're remorseful uh, and then repentant, then there's guilt involved. Mm -hmm. So just picture a tapestry and guilt being a thread. It kind of changes the direction of the regret. Right. You know, one of my my good friends, sorry to interrupt, one of a very good friend of mine for many, many years, uh, never went into the, this one never went into the family business. And uh, his dad had passed away. He was the founder of the company. And unfortunately, you know, one day I was sitting with the son, Howard, and I said, Howie, that's what we call him. I said, well, what's going on with you and everything? And this was sometime later. And he says, you know, I always regret that I never went into business with my dad. You know, my dad hmm. offered me this wonderful opportunity, you know, to come into the business and work my way up. And, uh, you know, I never took it. I, I wasn't respectful of who he was and where he showed up in my life and what he had done for me. And uh, I sort of wanted to prove myself that I could do something else. And then I have the converse of that, which is I have another, we have another client that actually, you know, multi-generational business in the business, running the business now. And I wouldn't call it that he's having an MLC, uh, a midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. but he's definitely rethinking where he is in the stages of his life. And he's like, you know, my father always wanted me in the business. My grandfather wanted me in the business. I didn't know anything. But, oh, I may be talking about myself almost, you know, <laughs> third generation. And here he, here he is, and we could laugh about it, especially for me. You know, he's like, you know, I don't know that I want to keep doing this anymore, but I don't want to disappoint. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should keep doing this or not. Yeah, and I remember my piano teacher told me when I was too young to understand, for some reason, she tells me at seven, I have something to tell you. I say, what's that? She says, to thine own self be true. Mm. Oh, that's a good one, to thine own self be true. I mean, I remember it to this day, but when I was seven, I really wasn't quite sure of what that meant. But that's a really big part of what we're talking about here. And also, imagine the truth that all of us have so many different voices inside of us and we are plagued so much of the time by internal conflict because a part of us wants to do this and a part of us wants to do that. And I often say to my clients, you know, we might be able to have it all, but not at the same time. And I think that if we believe that there is the opportunity to do a course correction at times in our life, then we 
having made a mistake or holding a huge regret that we haven't yet done something. I often insert the word yet when Mm. somebody says, I've never been able to, you know, live where I want to live, or I've never done this, you know, when they're in their 50s or their 60s, or even their 70s, I might say, "Mm, haven't done yet. Right. So so how do you deal with like inner conflict? Because I feel like I'm the queen of overthinking. (laughs) Right. So I overthink everything. And then I often will overthink a situation. And then, you know, I'll call like a couple people just to kind of get their perspective because I'm so afraid of making the wrong, wrong choice. Is that a common thing? It's really very common, and I applaud you for having a support group of trusted others. I suspect that the people that you call are people who you trust and respect, and you use the word getting a few perspectives, not necessarily asking them what you should do, but Mm. how do they see it? Mm. And it's really helpful to do that. And one of the things that, that I recommend to myself and do it, as a regular practice, and also to my clients or anyone who's really in the throes of that conflict, is to write. Um, Journal keeping is really what I'm talking about, because language is magic Hmm. at helping us really sense deeply into, you know, imagine that we pause and we find the right word and, you know, and if we write the wrong word, we correct it because it doesn't match. And when we get to the right word, it's like a key in a lock. Oh, that's how I really feel. Right. And it's so important to be able to be reflective enough. You were mentioning before that sometimes you make fast decisions and then you're a candidate for regret. But basically, the key is that if we can really find a way to reflect or add more reflection to our life, rather than just being pulled along by the tide of everything happening outside of us, we really can get in touch with the still, small voice inside of us Hmm. that really is our essence. Yeah. So I guess regret can cause a healthy effect if it causes you to be or causes you to be reflective and reassess a situation. Yeah. And 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 one thing for sure, and I think Deirdre has said this uh, at a couple of the leadership development coach, uh, programs that we've done, you know, never regret anything because at one time or another, it was exactly what you needed. Never regret anything because at one time or another, it was exactly what you needed. Mm. So with that, I want to hold off. We're going to take a short, quick break. You're listening to Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates. We have a special guest with us. We're talking about living life with no regrets. So hold on for traffic, news, and weather. Gut Wisdom. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Hey, everybody. This is Gut Wisdom Radio That Resonates. I'm JG, Jonathan Gassman, along with our sit-in co-host, Dr. Kenya Gibson. I'm calling you doctor. I'm really not a doctor. <laughs> no, but you look like one, and tonight you're going to pretend, we're pretending that you are one, and okay. you add a lot of value to the show. And Aww. regretfully, you know, Deirdre's not here. She's on Digital Detox, but she will be back next week. Mm-hmm. So 
Everybody, don't forget to write in what a great show this was. So she's happy. <laughs> yes, DK at gutwisdom.com. So we're talking about tonight living life on purpose, living with no regrets, no remorse, not having guilt. And we all have guilt. We've all done things, admit it, we've all done things that we're guilty of. And we regret and it could be everything from you didn't say i love you 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 said something to someone else that you know they misinterpreted or maybe working in a job that ugh, you really don't like but you do it you know maybe you're stuck in a partnership whether it's a marriage or a business relationship and i was in one of those that you know at a certain point in time i was like you know i got to get out of this so we all feel those things, and we have a special guest tonight, our uh, psychological advisor, Dr. Andrea. How are you? I am happy to be here. Yes. Yeah, so loving this topic. It is one of the reasons that people come into therapy. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest reasons that somebody's experiencing some inner conflict and some regret and kind of in a rut about it. And, yeah, it's painful. Yeah. and But at the same time, as you alluded to earlier, as painful as it may be for some, there's value mm -hmm. in actually feeling regret, right? Yeah, and it depends what we do with it once we feel it. You know, if we stash it away and we submerge it and we ignore it and we go on from there, sometimes we can compound the regret. Um, but if mm -hmm. we allow it to surface, if we make room for it, if we get curious about its roots and how it came to be, then we stand a really good chance of learning something from it. And not only that, but making sure that we treat ourselves differently when we're in a position to make a choice. So I'm, I'm curious. I mean, men and women process things very differently. My tact usually with employees that are women uh, versus men is I, I usually take a different tact with them. What is the difference or what are the differences between how men and women feel regret? I think in terms of feeling, there's not much of a difference in terms of the way men and women might treat regret. Uh, as you well know, men are better at compartmentalizing, meaning that they are better at separating negative emotions out and just, in a sense, almost seemingly to forget about them. Women stand less of a chance of being able to do that successfully because women tend to share more, they tend to interact more, and when they do, they're reminded of truths because when women share, they they tend to share their feelings, and one could be talking to somebody else yeah. who has a similar situation, and then it surfaces again. So the regret is in a woman's face, whereas men can be successful in making it go away for a while. Dear, dear, um, I was going to say, it's funny, Deirdre talks about this all the time, but... Kenya is sitting here in studio with us, and she is shaking her head I'm in the like affirmative, nodding, nodding saying, profusely. "Oh yes, I, I th yep, I hear you, Doctor Andrea. Yep, that totally get it. I do. I guess I feel like I share all the time, and and that sometimes that's like not such a good trait to share so much. But I think it's a big part of who I am as a person and my personality. But I feel so vindicated now that you say that's kind of our makeup as women is to kind of share and to process and to filter our feelings that way. So I don't feel so guilty anymore about sharing. Yeah. 
And why would you feel guilty about sharing in the first place? What are the negatives about sharing that you internalized? I think sometimes, you know, when you share too much, people can take advantage of that. Uh, and I think that that could be a potential problem. Um, I, I'm just a communicator by nature. So I feel like it's just good to kind of get things out on the table. And or maybe something that I say doesn't get processed or taken in context by the other person. So I, it could be a, a number of things that could create fear behind being so open about certain things. You, you know, a lot of people are acculturated or trained um, by their parents or their culture, not to share for just those reasons. And um, on the other hand, you know, like think about Oprah and think about those reality shows. We now live in a culture where sharing is a lot more common than it was perhaps for our parents' generation. Um, I yes. think the secret is being being absolutely um, careful about with whom you share. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. And to have a circle of trusted uh, friends, advisors, or people that you can count on is is just a real um, a necessary necessary part of mental health. Sure. And, and I just going back that. to the childhood piece to it, you know, I mean, I came from a childhood of you kind of sweeping under the rug, you know, and you kind of mm. hope it goes away. So, I, I, you know, I think that's just how my parents were raised. You know, like we certain ha- certainly had the opportunity to talk and to express ourselves. But, you know, also it, it was just, uh, you know, a lot easier to kind of be quiet, and not say too much and not express too much of how you're feeling and kind of hope it goes away. And I think as a kid, you learn coping skills behind that. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily a healthy way to learn how to process things. But as an adult, I'm so aware of the benefits of having a safe, open forum to share yeah. what you're feeling. And what so taking that a step further, what are the long term uh, impact or what's the ramifications of suppressing, you know, remorse? You know, when we're obsessed or haunted by regrets, um, you know, like I was saying before, that's the turning point where people often seek Explode. out, you know, help. Yeah. But what they're experiencing is anxiety, mm. depression, or combination of both. And if we really let it go long enough, we can have somatic or physical complaints, you know, the common ones, headaches, gastrointestinal problems. But sometimes there's such magic to the way um, suppression and depression can manifest in a variety of other physical symptoms. Mm. So. It's really important, you know, I mean, a good physician, if you say to that physician that you're experiencing depression and good or anxiety, a good physician will ask you, you know, what has changed in your life? Are you carrying anything that's that's really eating you up alive or not or, you know, keeping you from sleeping well at night? Sleep is important. I, I you know, I've had a last probably the year and a half has been kind of it's been great, but it's been had its stressful moments. And I think. My anxiety is definitely like a lot higher than it normally is. And I can attest that it affects your sleep. You know, I often wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm up. Why am I up? And, I, and it's it's anxiety, you know, and, and I've learned kind of some coping skills of how to kind of meditate and, you know, kind of push myself through that. But what are some things that people can do to kind of help oh. offset some of those feelings or th- some of those symptoms they might be having? 
Well, you know, the, the first is, is kind of what you just mentioned, yep. which is to be able to be mindful. And the route to doing that is either writing. That's a good thing to do. If you get up in the middle of the night and you're really up, to really dump it out in words is a great technique. And another is to learn the process of mindfulness meditation. Mm. Uh, Certainly any meditation is is good for stress reduction, but mindfulness meditation is designed to address suffering and is designed to help strengthen the role of you as observer of your thoughts mm. so you don't get pulled around by them. That's probably, I call mindfulness the cornerstone, cornerstone of modern mental health because it, it strengthens our ability to be observant, observant as opposed to being caught in the maelstrom yeah. of our conflicting thoughts. So that's something that's taught by a lot of professionals. You know, you're in New York City. There's a lot of <laughs> mindfulness being, being taught everywhere. Hmm. So that's a skill, yeah, worth learning. Yesterday, uh, one of our clients was in uh, CEO of an organization, and you know, we were going back over the past thirty years about lessons that we've lived. And he said, "You know, JG, there are no regrets in life; they're just lessons." And I said, "Wow, that's so profound. There are no regrets in life; just lessons." Mm. And you know, he's probably I would call him one of the smartest people I've ever met. I mean, he's reached the top of his industry. He's very well respected. And, you know, you would think sometimes these CEOs, oh, you can't just call them up and talk to them. You know, you got to go through their assistant. I call him and I'll say something like, hey, Steve, you know, I'd love for you to speak to a friend of mine. You know, he's the mailroom clerk at WCBS and he's looking for some advice. And he'd be like, yeah, have him call me. Tell him to text me. You know, he's such a nice guy. But one of the downsides for him, and this is a blind side for him, and he readily admits this, is that, you know, he has difficulty firing people. Mm. He is he, he has this relationship with his team, his employees, and, and some of the people don't have his back. You know, I've been a witness to this. He's got the wrong people in the wrong seats on the bus. He needs to fire them. But he's such a nice guy, he won't do it. And what will happen is, over time... Uh, he will get in. He will get himself into trouble by keeping hmm. this employee on the team, and ultimately, you know, they have to fire him. Something happens, and then he feels regret. He feels remorse. I should have done this sooner. And it's not one of these things where, like, I'm the last to know. You know, he knew a long time ago he should have gotten rid of this person, but he just can't come to pulling the trigger. He's suffering from the nice guy syndrome. The nice guy syndrome. That That's an interesting label. I never heard of that. Dr. Andre, <laughs> is there such a thing as a nice guy syndrome? But- well, I was just actually, I was imagining, <laughs> you know, the downside of being an empath. You mm. know, once you are so empathic that you can put yourself in somebody else's position and know that it would feel lousy to get fired. And um, that. That part of the personality is right up against that intuitive part that said, you know, this person isn't in the right position or like J.D. just said, not in the right seat in the bus Mm. or, you know, not the right person in not the right seat in the bus. And that's so very often the intuition um, comes up against the empath. 
And we have so many parts of our personality. I mean, you would be shocked if we really sat with either of you, Kenya or with JG. Or Deirdre. She needs a lot of help. (laughs) You see all the different, myself included. We have so many facets to our diamond, and they war with each other sometimes. I think the greatest feeling in the world is to feel whole. You know, it's not about money. It's not even about happiness. It's just about feeling whole. And wholeness is when those parts are not fighting with one another. Mm. Yeah. Does it take a long time? Does it? I mean, obviously, it takes practice to get to a place of feeling whole. And, and what are some maybe some tips you can give us for reaching a state of wholeness? Because I feel like that's something that sometimes I struggle with. And I, you know, I have all these little positive habits that I have, but... You know, I just, I'm curious if there's You some... read a lot of inspirational quotes, I, if I remember. You I always have on your phone something motivational, inspiration to keep your head in the game and a positive I focus. I read a lot of books. Yeah. yeah. A lot of self-help, aspirational, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personal growth stuff. Well, it's really helpful to, you know, have research and be curious about what goes into living a good life. Mm. You know, all the, in a way, it's kind of abstract and very often spiritual. It's also practical. And those kinds of things can be helpful. But the wholeness really comes when we can not have the inner conflict or when, you know, it's like almost like doing family therapy with yourself. You know, you have to quiet some of the voices that are scared. Mm. You know, you've got to be willing to maybe follow the more courageous and risk-taking voice so that you don't have the regret. regret. And it's also about doing the right thing, just plain out. We know what the right thing is. Absolutely. I mean, admittedly, there are people who do not know the difference between right and wrong, but most of us do. Mm -hmm. And if we do know the difference then it's really important to do the right thing, even mm-hmm. though it might be inconvenient. And um, I was in a conflict because my father was just getting ready to die. You know what? I want you to hold that thought. I want to bring okay. you back with that because we, okay. we're going to have to go to a quick break. But I just want to share with all of our listeners, we love your feedback. Check us out on Facebook. Tell us what you think. Email us at DK at Gut Wisdom or JG at gutwisdom.com. He just cleaned out of his, his email. So Yes. <laughs> You're listening to Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880. Introducing Play.it, a podcast network like no other. At Play.it, you can hear your favorite WCBS features on demand. In the WCBS Eye on Politics. I'm Pat Farnack with the WCBS Health and Wellbeing Report. I'm Steve Greenberg talking about your next job. Hear those and more from WCBS when you need it. Plus, great content from other CBS stations. For the best in news, sports, business, and tips for your lifestyle, go to play.it today. Hey, everybody. We are back, and you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880. I am Jonathan Gassman, a.k.a. JG, along with our executive producer in studio tonight, Kenya Gibson. Say hi, Kenya. Hi there. And uh, I just want to make mention, if you're tuning in for the very, very first time and you don't know anything about us, uh, and you missed the beginning of tonight's show, you could download this show and previously aired episodes by either going to our website at gutwisdom.com, and that's G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M, or you could find us on iTunes or on the CBS platform, play.it. 
And uh, we've put out, oh, a slew of episodes, probably 25 to 30 already. Some great content up there. A lot of great mm-hmm. content. And, and most of that content is really put up there because of the feedback that we get from our listeners, the topics that are in, that are interesting and that they're interested in. And let me also mention, since Deirdre's not here and she usually brings this up, if you're interested in a chance to win a VIP admission to our next Gut Wisdom live event here in the Adorama Theater at WCBS on Hudson Street. It's on June 14th. I want you to email me at jg at gutwisdom.com, or obviously you could, you all know Deirdre's by now, dk at gutwisdom.com. And uh, we will put your name in a hat and uh, hopefully choose you. And one other plug that I always love to mention is don't forget to check out our book on Amazon, Say Goodbye to Drama. Everybody has drama in their life, and this book will give you the secret sauce, you know, the magic potion for how to obliterate drama, and it teaches you the lesson from the playground to the boardroom, and that's what we are all about. So before the break, we had we were just about to share a story, or I should say Dr. Andrea was just about to share a story, a personal story. So let's go back to that. I was sharing the story about doing the right thing, even though it may not be convenient. Yes. And it was it was about two weeks ago. Well, it was, I guess, yeah, two weeks ago. My dad is in a memory care facility. He's going on 97 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had this big trip to New York planned for a really long time. I have a wedding here in New York. And... Um, I I began to become very conflicted about leaving. Should I leave? How could I leave? What if he dies while I'm gone? What if he, you know, it's just all that, like Kenya was describing before, all that inner chatter that was going on. Yes. And and finally, I just stopped it and I said, I'm just going to do the right thing. What's the right thing for me? Mm. The right thing for me is to be here. That's it. I'm just going to cancel my flight. I don't have to cancel the entire trip or the wedding, but I'm going to cancel the flight, and I'm just going to, like, see what happens. But the right thing would be to do that. And so I I had the um, ability to, once I had resolved that inside me and quiet down, I had the ability to just be there, be emotionally available. And, in fact, my father went into the end-of-life, you know, kind of situation from old age, but, you know, not that anything happened to him. Sure. But he went into that situation on last Tuesday, and I was with him for all the hours that it took, and he died on Tuesday, and I was supposed to leave on Friday, and I I knew in that moment that I left, I, I was leaving with no regrets, mm. yeah. and I had no regrets. And what, you know, what a feeling it was, you know, people knew that he died and they said, oh, I'm sorry. And how are you? And all I could say was, I'm good. (laughs) I'm really good. I did the right thing Mm. and I have no regrets. Right. And that is the best feeling when you can do that. Sure. Yeah. And you you can have that. Absolutely. In the end, we only regret the chances that we didn't take, you know, the relationships we were afraid to have. You know, and the decisions that we waited, you know, too long to make, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's hard. It's hard when you have to deal with something like that. I, I guess, Dr. Andrea, for people who who have who are living with regret. So maybe they've been in a situation where they've had a loved one 
where they didn't get an opportunity to be there or say goodbye, say, say I'm goodbye, sorry. Say I'm sorry. I mean, that's a hard thing to live with. What are some recommendations you can give to someone who's dealing with that and kind of needs to be set free? Mm. You know, I, I talked about writing before, and one of the things that that we do in therapy is we are able to help people with completions, um, mm. at, you know, in that therapeutic process. In other words, we don't bury it. We bring it forward and we deal with it. And one of the ways is in writing. You know, if you can write, you know, dear mom, or, you know, to a sibling or to a dear friend or whoever it is. And and I talk about this in my own writing, that when we are able to address that person in our psyche as we're writing, the feelings come forward and we can actually relieve ourselves of the burden because it it's there. And um, one of my clients recently had a dream and she dreamt that her father had written her a letter. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of passed over it when she was telling me the dream. But the truth was, I asked her to write what that letter said. And even though he's been dead for 20 years, wow, she was able to have such catharsis because she was channeling what she thought he was going to say. Yeah. So I can't say enough about writing mm-hmm. in, in completion, whether we're writing a letter of apology to someone who's still on the planet or whether we're writing our feelings out to someone who's no longer there or we have no contact with. That's a way. And, of course, I can't recommend enough that, that when someone is feeling troubled, when you're feeling troubled, to really seek counseling, to seek therapy, to ask someone you trust for the name of someone they trust and know. Um, it, in the best of circumstances, it's the most gentle, safe environment for self-exploration. You know, one of the things that we do inside a pair when we're working at companies, and a lot of times, you know, we're functioning as the outsourced HR department. So people come to us with, you know, a lot of professional issues, a lot of issues dealing inside of the company. And sometimes there are a lot of personal issues that we hear. And we're not therapists. We're not licensed psychologists or psychiatrists. So we work more on the the business side of things. And when they come and they share they have a problem, Deirdre, myself, or Dave, whoever is working with this client, will usually share to them, have you written out, have you really written out your thoughts, expressed your feelings on a piece of paper? And sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know how to do that. What do you mean? Put it in writing, what I'm thinking and feeling? I'm like, yes, try that. Let, let's take 10 minutes. Here's a pad. You know, Here's something to write on, something to write with. Start writing. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? And... You know, at first they're you know they're trying to get over that hump of like, huh, what, what am I doing? And they're not sure what to write or how to write. And then all of a sudden, you know, it clicks. They begin to write and they get it out. And maybe it's five, ten minutes later. I'm like, how you doing? And like, oh my god, I feel I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. This is you know that exercise of I would call it releasing. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we call it. You know, put it on paper, get it out of your head freeze their mind, freeze their soul, freeze their heart up, that all of a sudden now they're sitting there saying, wow, okay, I'm receptive to hearing advice, counsel, you know, what do you have? So I think, you know, your point, your, you know, which is a wisdom 
is right on is right on the money of the importance of getting it out of you and getting it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things is that we keep circulating the thought. Yes. We get, we get anxious. When, when we're having thoughts that we don't like or that are uncomfortable, we get anxious. And when we get anxious, those thoughts start, they're like spaghetti without an end or like a snake eating yep. a tail. There's no beginning and there is no end. The one really cool thing about writing, and I always say when I give that same direction, don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about making complete sentences or spelling. Just get it out. Even make a list. You know, just like write bullets, whatever it is. That is a linear process. And when we have a linear process like that, like getting it out or what I call a mind dump, yeah, then we don't have that snake that snaky kind of spaghetti thing going on in our brain. And then at least we can take a look at what's there and we can put it in some kind of order. Or sometimes it actually flows out in an order. But the other really important thing about it is that it allows the inner wisdom to come through. So the next stage of it is being able to hear the inner wisdom once all that noise is out of the system. Totally. In your case, when you're working, right, you know, there can be receptivity for the advisory role that you're in, but also there's receptivity to the inner wisdom that exists in all of us. It's really there. We just have to uh, release it, let it it free. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to cover some more wisdoms. How do people get in touch with you? Let's do some self-promotion here for a moment. How do people find you? Hmm, find me. Well, you know, I actually have a listing on psychology today. Mm-hmm. So one could put my name in Dr. Andre Gould and find um, a bit of a description and maybe some video clips. And uh, I also have a website, lucidlearning.com, that also has video and also has lots of writing and different kinds of things. You can really find what ails you on that site. Um, there's a podcast that I do called Boom Goddess Radio with my partners in Arizona. Boom so, Goddess Radio. That's Ooh, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice name. Mm-hmm. Boom Goddess. You know, it's a, it's a boomer. It's a boomer thing, but we've got <laughs> lots of listeners and comments from people who will one day be boomers or who sleep with boomer women. <laughs> You know, That's of course, great. you know, it's like it's like the secret window into the mind of the woman. So right. that's another um that's another way. So Andrea at boomgoddessradio.com. Love it. That's awesome. Kenya, so, yeah. you have some wisdoms you want to share? Well, you know, I've I've learned a lot. So Dr. Andrea, I wanted to say thank you so much for being on the show today. You know, Such one of the things I, I'm gonna is a takeaway and a wisdom for me is to practice more mindful meditation. I actually think I'm going to look up some uh, ways that I could learn how to do that. So that that's a wisdom and a good takeaway, I think, for today. And the writing, for sure. You know, I have a lot of journals uh, that I buy yeah. that just because I collect things. So I think I need to start putting those to work uh, and filling them up with, with good things and, and some things that I'm struggling with that you know, I can be set free in some areas as well. Totally. And, Absolutely. you know, and I said, and here, I was going to say that yep. rereading the journal hmm. that you've written, totally, you would be so surprised that it's 
many times the same kinds of things, recirculate themselves in different forms. But writing is one thing, rereading months later, years later, sure. even days later, really helpful practice. And I'm sure you can see some growth too. Yeah. So it's good it's a good way to look back and see how far you've come. See it's sure. important it's important for I, I you know, my my advice is, my wisdom is, you know, the importance on getting clear on what you really want in life, following your dreams is one, trusting your inner voice, you know, your gut. That's what this show is about, is finding your inner voice, that gut instinct, you know, laughing a lot more. Don't take life so seriously, JG. Come on. You know, forgiving more is another one mm-hmm. that I think is very important because this, this client that passed away, you know, I sort of forg- I, I I've drawn the conclusion I need to forgive myself for what I should have, could have, and didn't do because it wasn't really in the cards for me. And, you know, of course, like everything else, be nice and enjoy and enjoy the ride. So, you know, everyone, you're listening to Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates. Um, it's almost time to go. If you are interested, we have some great episodes that you could listen to on Bully Boss's emotional intelligence, millennials, drama at life and in work, and, of course, our book that's out there, How to Obliterate Drama. And um, we really have such a great time here. So I want to thank all of our listeners. Send us feedback, DK at Gut Wisdom. Check us out on Facebook. Like our posts. And you've been listening to Gut Wisdom. That's radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880. See you next week. Bye-bye.